to get together, start off 2023 right in the house of God. And, uh, and so if you are a guest here, I want you to know that we are just incredibly thankful that you are here. If you chose to worship here and you live in the area, maybe you're in town visiting family, all the same, uh, you chose to be here with us, worshiping God right alongside of us, and we just want you to know we are so thankful that you are here today, amen. And if you are a guest, it might be a little bit of a different service because we're going to be talking about some of the vision, some of the things we've had going on here, we're going to have going on. And so maybe you might even say, well, I don't know if this pertains to me. Well, if you live in the area, we hope that it will pertain to you. Hopefully that you'll say, you know what, this is a place I want to be a part of and a people I want to be a part of because great churches are not made up with just great music, great buildings, great seats, great drums, great location, great parking lot, great children's ministry, great church, great churches are made of great people. And that's why we want people just like you to join in worshiping God with us and in serving our community right alongside of us. Um, I want to start today, before I even get into a message, I want to give you, we, we had our planning meeting with all our leadership teams. We had the, the church calendar is all set for 2023. And so some of you, you, you know, you just like, well, the church calendar is set. I, when I get there, I get there. I don't want that to be the case. I want to give you some things that you know to look forward to, but also make you aware of some changes and the why behind those changes. At this church, if you don't know, our priorities are very clear, and they are in this order. God, family, ministry. Very clear. God, family, ministry. God is the most important thing in our lives. <laughs> Nothing is more important than God. Nothing in our lives or on our calendar can ever replace our relationship with God. You can't just serve God in ministry and not spend time with God. Before he called his disciples to do anything, he first called them to be with him. So before we're just doers, we need to just be with him in his presence. Second, family. Family is not an interruption of ministry. It is our first ministry. Let's try that again, because y'all were partying too hard with your uh, sparkling cider last night. Family's not an interruption of ministry. It's our first ministry. Yes. Statistics about family dinners are powerful. This is not a religious thing. This is a sociological thing. Dinners with family are incredibly powerful. All research points to it. So at our church, we don't want to just say, oh, yeah, we got, uh, we got to go to Bible studies, go to small groups, be at prayer meeting, go to church, go to church again, make sure that you be at this event, and then the, every night, every free moment is taken. That's not our goal. And so with this in mind, our goal is to make sure that not every single moment is taken because God has placed responsibility on us to take care of ourselves, but also to take care of our children and our families. And lastly, ministry. That does not mean ministry is not important. We just have to carve out time to make it a priority. The, we are not as a church just interested in gathering. We're interested in, in sending. We're interested in serving. And so ministry is our calling from Jesus Christ to go into our world and teach, make, and train disciples. And if you're only looking forward toward God and never looking back toward somebody else who's on this journey, you're not walking in his will for your life. 
We have to say, God, you are number one. My family that you've called me to lead is my first ministry, but I also want to be looking for someone else to invest myself in. And so this year, we've been more intentional than ever to formulate a calendar that's well-rounded and not just full. That's a great church with a full calendar. Full churches do not mean it's a great church. Okay, and so we want to make sure we keep God first, make time for family, and allow for ministry too. So to do so, we have to think outside the box. Sometimes there are what you might call sacred cows that you just don't touch. Like, bless God, I don't do this, and we have always done it this way. Everyone's way, you got to step back and go, okay, we've done it this way, but is that the most effective way? One thing that never changes in this church is the message. The message always stays the same. That never, never, ever, ever changes, not for anything, not if, any, not if the culture, society changes, the message does not change. But methods do, and so we always want to be looking, how can we get better? How can we be more effective? And so everything I'm going to say today, both in message and announcements, requires flexibility. So if you need to, you might have to just stand up and, and stretch and get, get yourself all, you know, uh, uh, get yourself all. Anybody else not able to touch your toes? Raise your hand if you cannot touch your toes. Thank you. Thank God there's some people in here that are like me. That cannot touch your toes, but we are in the minority, unfortunately, or some of you are lying. <laughs> but I want to give you, you know, people say there's top 10 lists. They share like lists, especially New Year's. Like, oh, here's my, here's my resolutions. And there's 15 resolutions. You might as well just stop right now. You ain't ever hitting 15 resolutions. Keep it maybe two and you might be all right. But people make lists all the time. So I want to give you my top 10 list. And we're going to talk about some of the things on the church calendar. And I want you to be able to download the church calendar right now if you want. Just so you know, you can actually take your phone, put a calendar uh, camera app on, and you can scan that QR code. And it'll take you to a link where if it doesn't matter if you have an iPhone or if you unfortunately have an Android phone, it does not matter which direction that you go there. I'm glad, Michael. He doesn't really smile anymore at my jokes, but we're still friends. And so... Uh, it does not matter. It will download the church calendar to your calendar app. So you will always, you don't ever have to text me as a pastor like, hey, are we having prayer tonight? It will be in your calendar. So please download the calendar app. And uh, maybe even Sister Abigail, when we're done, she could even shoot out a text if you're on our mailing list, and she can just send you a text that just says, here's the link, and, uh, and, and so that if you're not able to do it. But you can do the QR code right now. It's also at refugechurchonline.com, and you, it just goes right into everything that goes on, shows up right in your calendar. It's a beautiful thing. Ready for my top 10 list? Y'all stretched out? No? Every, number one, every Monday night at church is family night. Meaning what? That does not mean we all come here. <laughs> Clarify that. If you, this is a meaning Monday is a, is a day to refresh, to replenish. It's been a long weekend. We've invested. Many of us are serving. Uh, you had your week. Monday night, if you want to take your family night a different night, I can't tell you how to run your life. But as far as the church goes, there will be nothing scheduled on Mondays. There will be no small groups. There will be no meetings. There will be no quizzing. I will not meet and counsel with people. Monday is a day where no one does anything in regard to the church unless you choose to do something on your own and you run your life a different way. But the church schedules nothing on Mondays. Amen? 
Number two, full church prayer and praise team practice are going to look a little different. Last year, we held, we've had to revamp everything. You know what? They say God blesses the flexible because they don't get bent out of shape. There's more. I was reading some of the people at my house yesterday, some of my, my New Year's Eve jokes. And so if you want to hear them, see me after. I got some good ones for you. I did have to put them in my notes app, though, because they're not original to me. Um, but we have had to get flexible because we traded this church, which was our church, to another church who meets here in the mornings. We had to bump to the afternoon service. Well, we lost our quizzing and we lost some of the things we do here at the church. We don't have the New Year's event here. It was at our house. I mean, just a lot of different things that, um, that transpired that requires us to be flexible. And so last year we held praise team practice once a month on Saturday nights, and then we followed that up with full church prayer. Well, a lot of families in this church, you might not realize, uh, a lot of families in this church serve in multiple ministries and their kids are involved in multiple things to the point where there are several months that some families actually have every single weekend filled up with something. And so we don't want that. So to open up a weekend while still aiming to pray as a church, because that's crucial, that's important, and practice music as a music department, because that's also important. They don't get this good just by showing up and be like, all right, what song are we singing today? Uh, Open up the page to 294. Let's sing that one. That's not the way that they do it, okay? They work hard to be anointed and talented. Aren't you thankful for your praise team? And so we're testing the following change. The first Wednesday night of every single month is full church prayer. So we'll announce it. You have the calendar app in your phone. You won't ever have to know. That calendar app is not there so that you can look and go, oh, it's full church prayer. We don't need to go on Wednesday. It's not a free open night. If you don't, but I can't help you if you don't believe in the power of prayer. We're going to have powerful moves of God, and sometimes we're stretched because the, the praise team practice goes to here, and then we have to be out. We're actually going to have a little more time to just enjoy God's presence and power on that first Wednesday night, and we still can pray corporately as a body. And so, well, what about that Saturday? What about that once a month Saturday full church a praise team practice and then full church prayer? Well, what we're going to do, and by the way, full church prayer, guess what this Wednesday is, the first Wednesday. We start praying this Wednesday, full church prayer, and all children and students, everyone stays up. There's nothing downstairs. We pray as a corporate body. We don't have a formal sit down, start with worship, pray. It's, it's just like we've been doing on Sunday nights. We have a great time in prayer. Now, praise team practice. Some of you may like this, some of you may not. We are, instead of having a monthly praise team practice, you want the good news or the bad news? The bad news is it's going to be a little longer. The good news is it's going to be every other month. So praise team practice will be one Saturday every other month, but instead of the whole thing between musicians and singers going two hours, it goes three hours. Now, most of you are not staying for the full three hours. A lot of you are a musician or singer. If you're a musician and a singer, thank you for your sacrifice. You'll be here three hours, but you don't come every month, just every other month. So we're excited about that. That's the first one they didn't clap for. Um, <clears throat> The third thing, moving on, top 10 list, quarterly Ignite service. Instead of having a monthly Ignite service geared at ages 12 to 35, we're going to move to a quarterly 
service. I know that might be sad, but we are going to have amazing, amazing quarterly services. And then on the off months, Pastor Chad and Sister Tiffany have opportunities where there's, there's uh, outings, hangouts, other discipleship opportunities for our young people to get in the community, serve, invite people to things, and not just service settings. Um, we're pumped because this year our four speakers for these are Section 10 Youth Leader, Brother Alex Gates in February. Sister Kendra Lex is coming back in May. Uh, National Youth Ministry Secretary, Brother Jeremy Stafford, is going to be with us in August. And then Brother Ryan Neer is coming back in November to be with us. So we are so excited. Number four, regional camp meeting. Take place. You want to put this in your calendar. This is a, something that it, you have incredible. This is the whole section, the whole region. Of, they, they gather at the Life Church, and that's on Friday, I'm sorry, Thursday, February 23rd, and Friday, February 24th. Next month, uh, Pastor Aaron Bounds from Ohio is going to be speaking, and you'll want to be at that service. It's an incredible, no registration needed. Make sure you and your family are there. They usually have something for children, too. It's going to be powerful. Five, on March 18th, Saturday, March 18th, Refuge Church is having our first ever Spanish service. Servicio en Español, Gloria a Dios. Yo voy a predicar la palabra de Dios, pero yo voy a Yo voy a hablar en, en inglés. That means I'm going to speak their word, but it's going to do it in English and not Spanish. Brother Jose Acosta is going to translate for me. And we are excited because there is a harvest of people that are looking for Jesus that don't speak English or maybe aren't fluent in English, and we want to have a service that they can come and feel what we feel and hear the Word of God preached and spoken and sung in the language that they are comfortable with. And uh, so invite someone, make a, you know, you don't have to speak Spanish. You want to learn a language, the best way to do it is come to services over and over again. That's where you really learn. Number six, there's a five-fold ministry conference at the Life Church. Again, Thursday, May 23rd sat to Saturday, May 25th. Right within, this is another, this is a nationwide deal. People be flying in for this. This is about, we believe here in the five-fold ministry. Apostles, prophets, teacher. We, we believe in that. And this is going to be a conference all about that, but there is a registration. We've already sent you all a link. If you ignored it, you need to, to click on that and register for that because space is limited on this one. There's a cost, but the speakers are Brother David Bernard, Mark Morgan, Flo Shaw, Jason Sisko, Doug Klein, it's David Norris, and more. This is going to be amazing. I already have my tickets because I ain't risking losing my seat. Number seven, two wonderful events to invite your friends and family to, Memorial Day picnic and the 4th of July celebration. Now that we share space, we can't use the, the building for just events. We can't just be an event-driven church. We must be a relationship-driven church. And so we still have at least two amazing events to which you can invite people to and uh, outside of regular services and, and set schedule things. Memorial Day picnic at Stocksdale Park on Monday, March 29th from 11 to 4, and then the 4th of July celebration on, what, what did I say? May, thank you. I was just making sure you all were listening. Well done, well done. 
Well done. You guys know when Labor Day is. Or Memorial Day. Somebody come help me up here. Fourth of July celebration. That's actually on July 3rd. Um, yes. It's because it's a Monday. And um, so, yeah. Number eight. Then we're bringing back our all-church retreats. Save the date right now, okay? This is like a wedding thing where you get to save the dates and mark it down because you don't want to make any other plans because this time we're not doing it in the beginning of the year where it's going to be kind of cold. It's, the leaves are going to be changing. You can't get a better date than this. We are going to be there Friday to Sunday, October 20th to the 22nd. And so no service will be here that Sunday. We will have our service on the grounds. We get away as a family. There's events for the children. We rent the gym. Nobody hurts their ankles playing basketball. We're going to have volleyball. We're going to have all kinds of stuff. There's a lakeside devotional, a fireside devotional. We're going to do, it's going to be an absolute wonderful time. We've built in a little bit more downtime on Sunday afternoon. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Number nine, we have amazing speakers scheduled for this next year. Okay, I'm preaching every service. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you for the courtesy clap. Appreciate that very much. In February, ready for this? We have Brother Scott Graham, General Secretary of the United Pentecostal Church International. In March, Brother Jason Sisko will be with us. In May, on Pentecost Sunday, Sister Kendra Lex. A Wednesday in July, we have Brother Jesse Cornejo, evangelist. In August, we have Brother Jeremy Stafford. In October, we have Assistant General Superintendent, Brother Stan Gleason, with us for a service in October. In November, Brother Ryan Nears preaching for us. And in December, we have our District Superintendent, Brother Brian Parkey, back with us. Y'all, that's an incredible lineup right there. And the last thing. If you're here and you have kids and you say, well, what do you got for kids and youth? Tons. Make sure you download the app if you haven't or down, download the calendar to your phone. But just several things uh, in, in, in April, 5th to the 7th, Missouri District Youth Convention goes to St. Charles for all the youth. Uh, in May 30th to June 3rd, Junior High Camp for ages 12 to 15. Uh, we always take a minibus, take them out. You'll need to, as, as the time approaches, we'll make it clear. Don't stress. We'll have uh, application. We'll have all the stuff that you'll need. We'll get it to you. Um, and then senior high camp uh, for ages 15 to 18 is taking place in June. Junior camp for ages 8 to 11 is taking place in July. By the way, this is in Fredericton. It's a six, seven hour drive. And we take care and we send chaperones. If you want to be a chaperone, see us. Um, and then North American Youth Congress takes place every other year, and that's in St. Louis. If you're here and you don't know what that is, that's where you have thousands and thousands of youth gather in football stadiums. Thousands. And it's unlike, the, and, you're, and it's open to everybody, I believe. So it's unlike anything you will see. It is incredible when you walk in and just see thousands in a football stadium of young people with hands raised, jumping, worshiping, praising God. Amen. Well, but I wanted to just give you that top 10 list. We have a lot of exciting things planned, but now I just want to speak for a little bit here. Let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 12, starting at verse 1. The Bible says, the Lord said to Abram, his name was not yet Abraham, but he says to Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. 
I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, curse him that curseth thee. And in thee all families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. <clears throat> and they went forth to go to the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. This afternoon, I want to speak on this topic, the journey. The journey. Lord, we love you, and we are so thankful for what we've already felt and experienced. Lord, we're excited to be a part of a, of a church that's not dying, it's living. It's, Lord God, it's a part of something because you're alive, because you're powerful, Jesus. And God, I just pray, speak to every man, woman, and child in this place. Lord Jesus, as you speak through me, Lord, in this afternoon service, in Jesus' name, amen. In Old Testament culture, the son did not have power and authority while his father was alive. It was a patriarchal system, the eldest living human male of that. He, was, he kind of led the clan, the, the, the family. And so immediately before our passage, we just read God spoke to Abram, get out of your house, go to the, this place I'm going to show you. But right before that, Genesis 11 ends and it says, And Terah took Abram his son and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son's Abr son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees. Um, so my message today is go move in with your in-laws and everyone stay together. <clears throat> Just kidding. To go to the land of Canaan, and they came into Haran, and they dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So Abram's dad now dies. And the very next thing we read is, he's gone, God speaks to Abram. And he says, Abram, go. First words, go. I'm telling you, Abram, here's my first message to you as the leader of this family now. Go. And in the New Testament, God gives his followers that same one word command in Matthew 28, 19, when he says, go ye therefore. Teach all nations. Reach the nations. He says, baptize them in the name of Jesus. He gives us a commission to go and reach a dying world. And when God tells his people to go, great and miraculous things will happen when God's people step out in obedience. But we have to be willing to obey and to act. We just sang about it this afternoon. You are the covenant-keeping God. You guys are so supportive. It is very nice. A covenant is a binding agreement between two parties. You do your part. I'll do my part. God says, you do your part. I'll do my part. We can say, God, why do you do this? Well, if you're frustrated at God, sometimes before you just blame him, step back and say, am I doing my part of this? For Abram, God's one word command had four aspects of go. He says, number one, go out from your land. Number two, go um, away from your relatives. Three, away from your father's house. And four, to a land that I would show you. Pretty clear. Here's my first message to you, Abram. You want to be a part of this? He didn't even start talking, Covenant, right? He's just saying, here's what I'm calling you to do. Go out of the land, go out of the, away from the relatives, out of your father's house, and go to a land that I'm going to show you. 
Four, three are about leaving and one is about a place he's going. But the difference is the first three were clearly leave that, leave that, leave that. And then go somewhere. So I'm supposed to leave that, leave that, leave that and go to a whole new world. <laughs> My goal is to mix in as much music as I can because my voice is fresh from the last couple weeks not preaching. <laughs> Where he was going was not identified. It's one thing to be a wanderer, an explorer, if you're a young single guy or gal. How many of you love to travel? How many of you had kids after you loved to travel? Did it change anything? Just a little. Go live in a tent, live out of your car, live off nature. You're like, cool. And all of a sudden you're like, nah, I can't do that anymore. When you have a group of people who you're looking to for leadership, they, they kind of want you to have answers. And that's the part of the story I can relate to. As a pastor, I felt God leading us out of our current situation. So a couple years ago, even before we started the campaign, I felt God talking to me about this ain't going to be the permanent place. And, and it's hard for me because I had to start talking to our leaders and some of you who have been here since the beginning longer than I only came in in 2009. This church today, today turns 51 years old today. First service happened 51 years ago today. And so you start telling people who invested blood, sweat, and tears in this facility, hey, this is not the permanent place. This is not what God has long-term for us. But everybody has been so incredible and so supportive, even if you've been here and helped build this or pay for this building. I just, God, though, was going, this isn't it. This is not the long-term. It's time to move to the next location, to the next place. And so I was thinking, hey, we'll, we'll start looking into property, start gathering bids. And we were hoping the journey, I think all of us can agree, that we were hoping the journey would be a nice short one. Leave this place, go to that place, and woo, live in a place of promise. I'm sure Abram was hoping for the same thing. Leave that, leave that, leave that, go to the place I'm going to show you. Cool, let's head down the road. Let's just walk and drive right up to it. And at that point, he starts packing up. The, imagine that, packing up the U-Haul truck. You're starting down the road. His wife, his nephew, Lot, the rest of the people in the house, they're asking the same questions that our own children would ask on a road trip. Are we there yet? Where are we going? When will we be there? How much longer? What are we going to do when we get there? Imagine this, Abram's dad just died. He's now the lead dog. He's the guy in charge. He stands up and he says, family, we just buried him. He was a good man. I'm in charge now. And with my first order of business, we're leaving everything we know. Pack up. We're going on a road trip. And the, and the, the, the excitement, they're like, whoa. They're packing up. They're like, and they, they get the loaded on the horses and the chariots and the mules. And, and the, when the shrills and the screams die down, someone in the back of the room asks the question, hey, where are we going? How long is the trip going to be? What should I wear? What kind of shoes should I put on? What are we going to do when we get there? And Abram just says, well, I'm, I'm, uh, 
I'm not completely sure. Which, if you're honest, if you lead in any capacity, I don't care if it's a ministry, if it's in an organization, corporate America, you don't ever want to stand before anybody and go, uh, I don't know. I mean, some of you are going to go to work tomorrow. Imagine you lead people, and they're like, so what's the plan? What's, what does the, the budget forecast look for 2023? Uh, I don't know. No leader wants to do that. And he just says, well, uh, well where are we going? When are we going to get there? I don't know that either. Well, why are we going? Well, we'll see. What are we going to do? I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know. But here's the thing. God doesn't always show us the end of the journey when he calls us out onto the road. Obedience to God often means leaving one thing in order to receive something better. I'll say that again. Obedience to God often means leaving one thing in order to receive something better. And I've prayed about this a ton. As many of you know, like I said, we traded our church. This was our church. Just, and so we got now four, just over seven acres right on I-35. We worked in good logical order preparing ourselves. We hired a consultant to research the properties we were looking at. We narrowed down to the best ones. We met with the landowners, put in offers. We met the, uh, made the trade and the building negotiated the trade for this land. We hired a lawyer to properly draw up the paperwork. We met with the city multiple times, developed our site plan. Our architect finished all of the building plans. We even had our groundbreaking ceremony, which I don't suggest to do that early in the game, but from the time we started down this road just over three years ago, COVID came and prayerfully went, and the market shifted in a way that our building, our builders said, in 44 years of construction, he has never seen it do this. And I just go, yeah? And I'm like, God? People, everywhere I go, they're, oh, you guys are building a church? Yeah, at General Conference, our organizational general, they have my, my art plans displayed. People are going, man, that's exciting. When's the building? Are you in the building yet? No. When, did, when is it going to be done? No idea. Well, when are you starting? I don't know. <laughs> they're like, what's your plan? I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I've learned that this year. We were planning on construction costs of three to three and a half million dollars. We're ready for that. And we got two bids back a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. Two bids. 7.8 and 8.9 million. Say, God, you did call us on this journey, right? <laughs> if it was four million. I'd be up here going, guys, we're close. We just need to work this out. We need to figure out a way, and we need to, we need to, we need to. But do you remember when God first called us on this journey? Do you remember when we started the second campaign? He said the same thing twice. This is my project, not yours. And so... I'm thankful that he made it so abundantly clear that it's not even like, we're, oh, we got to figure something out. There's nothing to figure out. We can't build an $8 million, $9 million building. And so God has removed this from our hands in such a way that you go, it is not the moment 
to start new construction, new construction. So I go, fine, God. Now what? <laughs> and so we have looked into places to lease as a bridge between today and down the road. Maybe it's a three, five years, six years, whatever, where we say that's what we're going to build, and now where's the lease? But you know what? Liberty is booming so much. There's not. When you start a church, you can go in a little storefront and have... 20 parking spots, and you're good. Well, we're beyond that. But we're not in the 9 to $10 million range churches. So we're kind of in this middle phase. We're like, nobody's got anything for us. We've reached, and I can't even tell you, folks, I can't even tell you how many calls I made, emails I made, meetings I've sat in. It has been crazy. We have, we've turned over all the rocks that I can think of, and I've been wanting to give you an update. That's what I'm doing here today. But I was waiting and asking God exactly what am I updating them with? I didn't want to just go up and be like, hey, guys, we got land. We got $3 million. It's $9 million. Can't build. See you later. I was waiting for the map. I was waiting for the address from God. He said, I'm going to call you out of that, out of that, out of that, into a place of promise. So I'm going, yes, here we are on the journey. Where's the address? What's the map? Whatever you want to do. And I started asking the same questions. Where are we going? When will we get there? How long is it going to take? But God would not give me the information. We had a prayer meeting in our house with a group, our small group, and I was like, God's getting ready to speak. I felt it, and his power and presence was so strong in our living room, and I had asked, we were praying specifically for the building, and God starts to speak, and I'm like, here it is, and God says, the reason you feel my power and presence so strongly right now is because you're glorifying, glorifying me and not the problem, and that's all he said to me. So I was dragging my feet because I'm waiting for him to show me the end result. Because as a leader, I don't want to stand here and go, I don't know. I want to be able to say, guys, I got news and here's what it is. Pack up. We're heading to a place instead of a journey. And I was in prayer several weeks ago, sitting down to prepare this message. And God clearly spoke and he said, Go downstairs and grab your Bible and read Genesis 12. Crystal clear. I like when he does things crystal clear. And he said this. I called Abram and my people to leave where they were. He said, I told them I had a place of promise and blessing for them. But I never told them where they were going. Abram waited 25 years for, his, for, for, for the promise of, of Israel. Isaac. He asked me, why do you assume I'd do it differently for you? That's literally all he said. I'm like, come on. And then he said, I did not tell Abraham when or where, but I did tell him this. God spoke five I wills. Read the story. He said, Abram, you leave that, leave that, leave that, and, and 
and I'm going to take you to this. That is known what you need to leave. Where you're going is unknown. But Abram, let me follow that up with this. And he says five distinct I wills. He said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. That's powerful. If God said to you right now, Refuge Church, I'm going to make you a great church. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless people who bless you. It's not just going to be your blessing. Anybody who blesses you is going to be blessed. And I'm going to curse people who curse you. I'm for you. For us, I think we'd start the journey over all over once again to say, I'm called to leave this place. I'm going somewhere where I don't even know where I'm going, but here's what I know. He's going to bless me. He's going to make my name great. He's going to be with me. He's going to bless them who bless me. Why? Because obedience to God often means leaving one thing in order to receive something better. It's kind of like tithing. I have to leave this thing, let this thing go. But God, I want this $1,000. I don't want to give this 1000 up. And he's going, man, okay. If you want to hold on to 1000 that's fine because I had 10 But when we say, God, I'm going I'm to I'm release this to you. In order to receive something better, i got to walk away from something in faith. Later in Scripture, it becomes clear that Abram did not fully understand God's commands and promises. He did not say, all right, Abram, here's the plan. Go to Google Maps. Um, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to go, to go to Apple Maps, choose your voice, whoever you want, and, and, and I'm going to take you on a journey. Just look, and you can go down and click direction and see, oh, okay, cool. This is going to be fun. And we're going here. Guys, it's about uh, four and a half miles. Guys, it's 44 miles. I mean, whatever it is, he doesn't do that. And we learned that Abraham didn't really fully understand. Here's what he knew. Leave that, leave that, leave that. Go to somewhere I'm going to show you. And if you do, I have five I wills for you. That's the extent of the knowledge you need. What will you do with it? In matters of faith, hear me, understanding usually follows obedience. That's, I'm talking about the church here, but don't miss the personal application. Understanding, I think, I think every one of us, both in person and online, desperately want to understand what God's plan is for our lives. But understanding almost always comes after faith. Very rarely is God going to look at when he fills you with his spirit. You might say, I don't even fully understand. How does that happen? How does God's spirit go in? Somebody starts speaking and telling us, how does that happen in the waters of baptism? And the sins are washed away. He clearly lays it out in his word. But even if you say, I don't understand the whole thing, how does this happen? How does he go to that? What happens here? You might not understand, but when you say, you know what? It says it, I believe it, and I want it. And I'm ready to take a step in this journey knowing, God, you have got this. And so understanding will almost always come after faith. 
So God was kind enough to remind me once again that he was absolutely the one who called us out of what was comfortable. Much easier to just stay here. We had just done that. When we first started this, I said to my wife, I'm feeling God's proud of me. And she's like, Gary, we just remodeled the whole building. We just did. I said, I know it's kind of weird, but this is what he's prodding. This is what he's leading me to do. I asked more than once, God, why would you have us sell our building if you knew construction would be that high? It's not like God was like, man, this COVID thing caught me off guard. I did not see the supply and demand issue. I never saw it coming. I even talked to my pastor about it, and he immediately said this. He said, Gary, for whatever reason, God wants you out of that building. Because even if we tried to stay here, Look around, beautiful faces. We got some empty seats. Not enough to accomplish what God's plan is for this area. We can't stay here long term. It's time for the next phase of growth. And here's the thing a detail oriented guy like myself that likes the plan and the details. If someone would have said, yeah, if you just sell the building, it's going to be a long journey. You're going to probably look at a lot of different land. The one you family land on is going to actually have a lot of challenges. It's going to be very expensive to develop. And then when you get the plans, it's actually going to be three times higher than what you anticipate to pay for it. I probably wouldn't have been like, that's fine. Let's go. I'd have been like, no, <laughs> we're staying here. So God, it's almost like he looked at me and said, all right, I need to move not because of you, Gary. I need to move in spite of you. So I'm going to pull this rug right from under you because guess what's happened through this journey? God is not only getting ready to do something, but he's also working on me personally. I would love to say, I preach every Sunday in the pulpit. I am the greatest man of faith. But there's times where I want the details, I want the plan, and I've learned something in 2022 for a number of different things. I've been in more meetings than I've ever been in, and I've learned this. God said, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. And I'm no longer trying to figure out when and where and why and how. I am walking in 100% peace Enjoy. I am so excited to be on this journey. Well, what's the end result? I mean, where are we going? I have no clue. And I am thrilled about it. I have been... I am so excited to see what God is going to do, what he's already doing. Because honestly, I feel like in some ways... Our plan wasn't big enough to align with his plan. Do you know that we, Sister Kendra Lex was here, and we took her out to lunch at Stroud's. Great place. They, ought to, they, they should give me free lunch for giving them a shout-out. But we took her to Stroud's, and she's like, what about the building? Oh, oh yeah, I'm just pumped. Here's the building. Look at the pictures. It's amazing. And, I, and she said, what, well, how big is that? I said, you know, we can do this. It's going to be like 17,000 square foot. You could get to like 19,000. It's going to be incredible. Well, what's your building now? 10,000. We're growing by 9,000 square foot. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. And Kendra, man, she just looks at us and goes, it's not big enough. 
And I kind of chuckled like, oh, she just said, she never cracked a smile. Her and her prophetic self. It's not big enough. I'm like, wait, bust my bubble. I'm just trying to show you a plan, just show you the, the building and the design. I'm excited. It's not big enough. Okay. What about the land? Ah, who knows? We might still end up building there. It ain't going to be today, unless some of y'all have some resources I don't know nothing about. <laughs> we might still build there. We might sell it. I already had somebody reach out to me from our community and said, if you decide to sell that, let me know. I want to buy it. God might have the thing sold already. Well, I'm not going to sell it till he speaks about where, <laughs> where to go unless he says, sell it. <laughs> we might buy something existing. You ready for me to really push the realm of what you think here? God might even call us outside of liberty. Things that 12 months ago, I'd have been like, oh, no. Let me explain to you my plan. God is going to do this. He called us out of that, out of that, into that. And it's going to happen in this time frame. What if God says, no, no, no. I want to expand your reach. I'm not going to leave you right there. I want to put you right there. Do we say? Well, no, we're listed in the manual as the city of liberty, and that's just not going to happen, God. <laughs> or do we say, God, you call me out of a place, you call me to another place, whatever you want, whatever you want to do. I think, I think something transpired a little bit in 2022 for me because I, I always, in my heart, I said, it's God's thing, it's God's thing. But I think in 2022, I really tried hard to help. And now I'm just going, this is awesome. I'm not doing nothing. I'm just like, God, I can't wait. Thank you for making it so unbelievably clear what is not the time. And I just can't wait to see what you have Next, things I would have never considered in a million years. And, and, and why? Because to me, I'm going, wait a second, I'm reading stories about people who went on journeys, and every single time they went on a journey in faith, not one time did he ever let them down. Not once, not one time do you see a person going on a journey of faith and staying faithful to God where he lets them down. Not once. I'm preaching church, but your personal life, your situation, not one time is a person going to be let down by God if you stay faithful, if you stay committed, if you stay consecrated. You might be in something with your family, your finances, your friends, your job, your health, but if you stay faithful, if you stay committed, if you stay consecrated, God never lets you down. I just want to be where God wants me to be. This is his mission, his calling.
calling, his plan, his building, and we're his servants. You know, there's things that he's been speaking. People give me prophetic words. People calling me from around the country, texting me. I'm telling you crazy stuff. I don't even get up and tell you all about it because it would just be regular, just people all the time. I'm sitting there. We go to Wisconsin. I'm preaching that, that, that service here a couple, couple months ago, weeks ago, whatever it was, traveling too much lately. I can't remember which one. But we went there, and this, um, we're sitting here playing cards. No gambling or anything. Don't, don't want you to think that. But we're playing some cards, and I'm sitting there with a friend, and he's just like, how's the building going? You start construction yet? I'm like, yeah, funny story. Not nothing, nothing. When are you starting? No clue. You know, just those are conversations that it's fun to have with people over and over again. <laughs> This is what's fun about this, though. People all over the country know about this project. So when God does it, we're not the only ones giving God glory. There are people all over the United States of America that are going to be worshiping God when he finally works this thing out. I'm so excited. And we're just sitting there playing a game of cards, and he looks at me, and he starts weeping, tears streaming down his cheeks. I'm like, what? It, it, it was not the socially acceptable time to do so. But we're just like, did you get a bunch of twos or something? I mean, like, what? He's just weeping. He goes, Gary, I just feel like God told me to tell you, don't limit his location if he's trying to expand your reach. A real estate guy had just asked me about a church that's outside of Liberty. And I said, no, not interested. It needs to be in Liberty. I texted him back and said, hey. <laughs> um, I guess send it to me. I'll take a look. I'm not trying to leave. I love Liberty. What I'm saying is, whatever you want, God. Whatever you want. Maybe he ends this. Maybe we stay right here. And he says, I just, maybe like Abraham, you just had to pass the test. I don't know. But he says, I said, hey, my, my wife had a dream years ago. Had a dream. And in this dream, hopefully I don't butcher it. In this dream, well, my wife, some of you know, when, like she had dreams about you having babies and you had babies. Like when she dreams, you just better be careful, Okay. <laughs> Like, some people are like, I had a dream. I'm like, yeah. My wife says, I'm like, what? <laughs> what happened? She said, Gary, it's weird. People from gangs flooded our altars. She said, people were standing there with hands raised that were rough, gangbanger type. They were white, black, Hispanic. They were all every, 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 every culture. And they were standing there, and she said, and they were just feeling God. It was so powerful. She said, but it wasn't our building. And it wasn't the new design building. So she's like, what's, what's the deal? Are you just bringing them in or what, what's the plan? You, you don't even see a lot of these. What she saw in her dream was not people walking the streets of liberty that we see. And so she's like, are you just bringing them from all corners of the earth to come here? Or are you calling us to go somewhere else? Because I want to be wherever I can reach the most people.
I want, oh, yes, but I like this city and this building, this pews and this city. No, it's not about me. This ain't my mission. I want to be wherever you want us to be, Jesus. From the get-go, God said, this is mine. Faith is built on the journey. Obedience to God often requires leaving something to receive something better. And I'm almost, I'm not going to be much longer. But have you ever noticed this story? Maybe you've never, you, some of you have never read this, I don't know. But if you have, Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching. The, do, do you know that there are times when you have plans and the Holy Spirit prevents you from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Now, why would you? It's a church. It's going to make people's lives change. It's going to be great. Why would you prevent me from, well, why would he prevent them from preaching at the province of Asia? Then concerning the borders of Mycenae, he says, they headed north to the province of Bithynia, but again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. What in the world? Just trying to preach. And God's like, nope, not there. Nope, not there. Come on, God, I'm just trying to preach the word here. So instead, they went through Mycenae to the seaport of Troas. And that night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10, so we decided to leave. They, okay, great. They went to Macedonia, having concluded that God's calling to preach there. We boarded a boat at, at Troas and sailed straight across the island of Samothrace. I should have had somebody else read this. And the next day, we landed at Neapolis. From there, we, we reached Philippi, a major city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We stayed there several days, and, and on the Sabbath day, we imagine, you know, they walked up, okay, is this the place? Where are we going? On the Sabbath day, we went a little bit outside the city to a riverbank and where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart. And she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her whole house were baptized and asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. Did you catch anything about that? I want to go there. No. I want to go there. No. I have a vision of a man in Macedonia. So Paul says, I'm going to go preach to this man in Macedonia. And he shows up at a woman's prayer meeting. Did Paul miss it? A man from Macedonia says, come, come over here. He comes looking, and he ends up at a lady's prayer meeting. That wasn't a loss or a miss. Lydia becomes the first recorded Christian in Europe. The journey does not always go as anticipated. But when God is leading it, you will always end up in the place that he has intended you to end up at. 
Here's what I do not know. Some of you are bummed about this service. You were like, man, I was like, construction's going to be done by next January. Or, you know, you wanted some big update. But here's what I do not know. Where we will end up. If we're going to build new or buy existing. What city we're going to be in. Or what the square footage of the building is. No clue. Here's what I do know. I was told that we would not have many guests going to a 2 p.m. service. And we have had more guests this past year at 2 p.m. than any other year at 10 a.m. We have baptized 15 people this year, more than we ever have before. We have seen 16 people filled with the Holy Spirit, more than we ever have before. Tithes went up almost $23,000. We aimed to give more than $10,000 for Christmas for Christ. For the first time in our history, we ended up sending over $13,000 to Christmas for Christ. Missions giving is at an all-time high. Even, and even us, so we're, we're trying to build, we're trying to build. We ain't going to just look inward. Pastor Foster's brother started a church in Grafton, Illinois. They were trying to finish their building. They didn't quite have enough funds. They were going to have their building dedication in a sanctuary with no carpet. But we believe in world missions. I don't care if we're trying to build. This is a kingdom thing. So we sent them a check to carpet their sanctuary. And they had a building dedication dedication that was jam-packed with people with carpet squares that were purchased by a church that doesn't even know where we're going to build. It doesn't even know where we're going to worship. But we say, God, if this is your thing, we're going to just keep investing in the harvest knowing you don't need our help. You've got this. And when it comes to our building, here's what I know. We are going somewhere. Your stewardship campaign pledges are not in vain. I actually can't publicly, you want to see me, come see me. But I, I, I actually have a meeting uh, about the third week in January that might turn into something. And the reason that some of these people are willing to sit down and talk to us is because they say, how much do you have? How big is your church? How are you so financially stable and it's opening doors because God called us to prepare in advance so we need to have the cash on hand ready to move when God tells us to move so I'm saying that because if you made a campaign if you still want to make a campaign pledge there's this is not just oh it's all bets are off we're done no we're going somewhere and we're planning on these things stay faithful and wherever God puts us, it's going to be in the exact place that he wants us. He's going to place us in whatever location where he can expand our reach and our influence. The journey's not about us. It's about God. It's about what he will do, just like what he said to Abram. God doesn't always show us the end of the journey when he calls us to get on the road. In matters of faith, understanding usually follows obedience. And obedience to God often means leaving one thing in order to receive something better. Would you stand to your feet today? I don't have answers for you as of yet. But I'm thrilled to be able to have the liberty, the peace to say this. I don't need answers.
because I'm not the one leading the journey. Maybe somewhere in there I got, I got a little mixed up thinking I was the one leading. I, I can tell you I don't have a clue. We're preparing. We're doing everything we can to be prepared. But God's leading the journey. These next 12 months are going to be some of the most exciting that our church will ever experience in our history. God has called us onto this amazing journey, and he is with us. He is with us. And just like that, I preach this message, brought you up to speed on the corporate journey of the church, but don't forget where you are. God is with you. You're on a journey. You might say, I don't know what I'm doing, where I'm going. I, I, I feel like I'm just spinning out of control. I feel like maybe he lost track of me. I feel like things in my life are just chaos. If you remain faithful, if you remain committed, if you remain consecrated, you will never read a story in the entire Bible where someone was committed, faithful, consecrated, and God let them down. You might see some trials. You might see some people getting lion's dens and fiery furnaces and face some giants and some mountains. You might see him come up to some Jordan rivers and some Red Seas, but he's always there. He always leads them through the challenges, through the circumstances circumstances, but in that, faith is built to get them not just through that particular circumstance, but when you go to one trial and he takes you through and you have enough faith to remain committed, consecrated to him, then guess what? Your faith is then built to get ready for the next round. Right now, when we get into wherever we are and God starts doing great things, our level of faith will be higher than it's ever been because we will be able to say, remember how we laughed and we didn't know? Remember how we were totally clueless to his plan and we just kept giving. We just kept staying faithful, kept saying, God, I know this is what you're going to do. God, I know that you're going to open the door. I might have an update for you here by the end of the month. I don't know. I don't know. But I am so excited to be on this journey. And so I invite you to find a place to pray today. Maybe God's going to lay it on your heart to pray for the church corporately. Maybe it's about you and your own journey. And God's speaking to you saying, hey, I didn't leave you. Stay faithful. Stay committed. Stay consecrated. I didn't lose place. I didn't lose your, your track of you. Just stay faithful. I'm not going to let you down. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to be with you always, even to the end of the world. He's reminding us, not only as a church, but as individuals that make up the church, stay faithful, stay committed, stay consecrated. This is a journey, and it's one that he called us on, and God has got this. I'm so excited. God's got it. He's got it. He's got your situation. He's got it.